in the beginning, God created us. And in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, it says, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And a little bit later, God said, God looked on everything that he had made. And behold, it was very good. In the beginning, or near the beginning, God created us. And we who crowned creation, made creation not just good, but very good. You are very good. Nothing you can do can change that. You were made in the image and likeness of God. And yes, when we sin, we obscure the likeness of God. When, when we sin, we make it harder to see and we spurn the likeness of God. But you and I are not powerful enough to change the image of God that we are. You and I are not powerful enough. No sin that we commit, no vice that we have, no bad thing that we do can change the goodness in which you and I are created. Nothing can change that. But we do have a problem. We don't always live in that goodness. We don't always show forth the likeness of our God, Jesus Christ, even though we have been baptized, even though we have received the grace of being His disciples. We don't always show the likeness of Jesus Christ. We still sin. We still mar that likeness. We still make it harder to see that image. And sometimes, either because of our own sins or because of the way other, ways others have sinned against us, we find it difficult to see the truth and the reality that we are very good. So today... In the scriptures, in the Bible, the words that we heard from the Bible today, Jesus Christ asks us, commands us, requires of us that we help each other to see and to live in the goodness that He has placed within us in creating us and in recreating us when we were baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And because Jesus loves you, Jesus is willing to have hard conversations. Because Jesus wants us to grow together in 
holiness, to grow closer to Him as His disciples, we are encouraged, yes, and even required as Christian disciples to have hard conversations. If your brother sins against you, and that doesn't mean like just that doesn't mean like just like your brother that's you know from the same mama. That means your brother and your sister and your neighbor and your uncle and your aunt and your mama and your daddy and your friend and your coworker and your schoolmate and everybody else. At least every other Christian. If your brother sins against you, go talk to them about it. And if that doesn't work, get some other people with you. And, and go talk to him about it. If that doesn't work, bring it to the church and y'all talk to him about it. Don't go talk to everybody else about it. Don't go spread it in, in gossip, whether in person or on the telephone or on social media or anywhere else. Because you love your brother, sister, mama, daddy, uncle, aunt, co-worker, friend, because you love you Christian will be willing to have the hard conversation the Bible keeps going in the first in the first letter of St. John chapter 5 if anyone sees his brother who's committed a sin that's not deadly a, a venial sin pray for that person But the stakes get higher if you see somebody committing a mortal sin. Are you and I willing to love our neighbor enough to have the hard conversation about mortal sin? When, in normal times, people are, people you know, are skipping Mass on Sunday for sports or for hobbies like hunting or fishing or shopping. People are, when people are skipping Mass out of, out of laziness or to do chores at home, are you and I willing to pray, to fast, and to have a hard conversation with that person. When the time is right and the door is open. When we know people who are engaging in pornography or fornication or self-abuse, are we willing to pray fast and to have a hard conversation. When somebody is cheating or failing to take care of their parents or using the name of the Lord in vain or getting mixed up in other religions or things like palm readers and horoscopes and things like that or the evils of Freemasonry 
which is against the Catholic Church? Are we willing to pray and to fast for that person and then at the right time have a hard conversation? That is what Jesus is calling us to. A real conversation. An honest conversation. With the humility to say, hey, I might be misperceiving this. With the humility to say, hey, it looks to me, my perception is that you are engaging in something that is damaging and deadly to your soul. So I love you. You, it appears to me that you are choosing hell right now. So because I love you, I want to encourage you to do something different. And maybe the person will respond positively and change. Maybe the person will say, no, no, you misunderstood. Here's what you saw. Here's what really happened. Or maybe the person will say, I don't want to be your friend no more. I don't want to talk to you anymore because you're a self-righteous hypocrite. That's kind of what they said about Jesus. He says, no. That person who is engaged in mortal sin, or at least who appears to be engaged in mortal sin, is in danger of going to hell. And Jesus says, no. Jesus says, I refuse Jesus says the passage before the passage we read today in the gospel is the passage of the lo- about the lost sheep. And Jesus says, even if only one sheep has gone away, if one sheep is in danger of falling off the cliff, I will go to help them. And Jesus going to help them means you are going to help them. I am going to help them. Because we are the body of Christ. Jesus tells the prophet Ezekiel, he says, say to everybody, say this to everybody. As I live, says the Lord God, the Lord is swearing a solemn oath. I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn back, turn back from your evil ways, for why will you die, O house of Israel? Do not die, but turn back. This is why, before every Mass at Holy Cross, since last December, we sit in that confessional. used to be over there. It will be when COVID's over. But back there, in what used to be the chapel, and wait. Father Patrick and I sit there and wait, wait, and wait so that you can come and choose life. So that you can come and choose heaven. So that anybody you talk to, no matter what sin they are engaged in, no matter if it's been a month since they come to church or 50 years, that if they're Catholic, they can come into that confessional, kneel down, and be forgiven. If they're not Catholic, 
they can be received into the church and come into that confessional and kneel down and be forgiven. And if they haven't even been baptized, then they can come to that font and be baptized and be forgiven. And that's what God, that's what God says to us and especially to us priests. You heard the first reading. That's why I talk about sin and about confession all the time. Because God does. Because as you priest, Ezekiel is a priest and a prophet. He says, you priest. If your people are engaged in sin and you don't tell them about it, y'all are all going to die. They're going to go to hell. You're going to go to hell. And I don't want that. I want you to live. And God says to Ezekiel, to the priest and the prophet, and to me and Father Patrick and the bishop and every other priest, if you tell them, if you tell them about their sin, if you tell them about the opportunity to live forever in the joy of heaven, then you're going to save your soul. And if they listen, if they listen, they will be saved. I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, says the Lord, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. And here's the last thing. Even if we don't have any mortal sins, even if we're not gravely breaking the Ten Commandments, when we sin, we turn away from life. When we sin, we choose less than our happiness. And God says, I have come that they might have life and have it to the fullest. God says, I want your joy to be complete. Repent of your sins. Choose life. I said that was the last thing, but I almost forgot one thing. I know that some of you, I'm not looking at anybody, but I know that some of you have chosen in the past. Maybe you didn't know everything, and, and, and maybe there were all sorts of circumstances. But I know that there are some of you who got married in the Catholic Church, got a civil divorce, got remarried outside the church, and you know, I'm not looking at anybody on purpose, you, 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 you know that that was a sin? And so right now, I know some of you are living with your legal spouse as brother and sister because you have chosen you have chosen to act virtuously some of you are living with your legal spouse as brother and sister while investigating if you might be granted an annulment and I just want to say to all of you who are doing that like I commend you for choosing life. 
I commend you for choosing to forsake the mistakes and the sins of your past and to choose better, to choose the good, to choose life. And I know that most of us in this church probably know somebody who's in that situation. And I hope that those people can be an encouragement to us. Because that's hard to do. But they're doing it. They're doing hard things. Because they say, I want to live. I want the fullness of life. I want the fullness of joy. I don't want to be a mortal sinner anymore. I want to live. And if there's anybody who, who is in that situation but hasn't chosen yet to live as brother and sister and to come to confession, who isn't investigating the possibility of annulment, I invite you to come see us. I invite you to come. Because God wills not the death of a sinner. God wills not that one mistake of your past should define your life. Don't let one mistake in your past define your life. But God desires healing and conversion and joy. So I'm going to end by reading to all of you um, my favorite scripture passage one of my favorites in general and my favorite one to send people off to pray with as their penance from confession. Isaiah chapter 43. Now thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Because you are precious in my eyes and honored. And I love you.